Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Making the Call. Uh, I'll be joined by Alex here in a few minutes. Uh, but now that we're in the NFL offseason, uh, we're going to be kind of changing up the way these podcasts look each week. Normally, whenever we're kind of in the in the heat of the NFL season, we have a pretty consistent, you know, rundown that we do, right? Where we recap all the games, you know, all the biggest games and storylines from that week's of NFL action. We talk a little bit of the week ahead and it's rinse and repeat all throughout the season. Well, now that the NFL season's over, we're going to have a lot more opportunities to talk about a lot of other topics in sports. Uh, you'll be hearing more uh, Mavs talk, more Rangers talk, even maybe some more stars talk, um, some non-sports segments. Those are always a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, we love the NFL season, obviously, but Whenever it's not in season, uh, we are able to use a lot more of this podcast to talk about other things. And so uh, if you're just here for the football takes, you'll still be getting those. Uh, but if you're here for other things and for Austin and I to just geek out about the Rangers or Alex and I, as we're going to do this week, geek out about the Mavericks, well, keep it tuned in because that's where you're going to be getting here at making the calls. So as a part of being able to talk about kind of more things each week, I've decided what I want to try and do is each episode start off with some sort of solo intro, something that is different from what you're going to be hearing uh, for the rest of the episode. You know, for this week, it's going to be Rangers related. Next week, it'll be something different. Some weeks, it might be five minutes. Some weeks, it might be 15 minutes. Who knows? Um, just kind of depends what I've got on my mind. You know, whatever I've I've kind of been. I've kind of been, you know, stewing over and and just going to use this as a as a forum to to discuss that. So I wanted to dedicate the intro of this episode to the Texas Rangers, to the world champion, defending champion Texas Rangers because I'm recording this on February 12th. You'll be listening to this on February 13th and pitchers and catchers report to surprise Arizona on February 14th. So believe it or not, baseball season is already back. We're already just about to spring training where you're figuring out which of the prospects are going to be making the cut for the final roster. You know, Rangers, we're going to be really eager to see how Wyatt Langford looks uh, in Surprise, Arizona. And I'm seeing if he could make the big league club right off the bat. So uh, there's going to be lots of storylines. But what I want to focus on is kind of more of a holistic view to what our expectations as Rangers fans should be this season. Uh, we should be expecting a lot because they're defending champions, but I want to speak more to kind of the first part of the season, because obviously the starting rotation, at least for the first half of the season is there's some question marks. That's the biggest question mark on this team. Uh, Jordan Montgomery still hasn't signed with any team. Uh, I'm still holding out hope that he's going to resign with the Rangers. I know I predicted that a couple weeks ago on the podcast. Still feel good about that prediction, by the way. Now that they've got all the Bally TV deal stuff figured out, I think a Montgomery signing is imminent. I don't know if it's with Texas, but I think it is imminent, and I'd like to think that he'd like to be back in Texas. Let's say they don't get Montgomery. Let's say he's gone. The pitchers that are on the roster right now are the pitchers that are going to be on the roster on opening day. If that is the case, your starting rotation to start the year in some order will be Nathan Yavaldi, John Gray, Andrew Heaney, Dane Dunning, and Cody Bradford. Okay? That's not a that's not a strong rotation if you compare it to the rest of baseball. There are guys, I mean Nathan Yavaldi's awesome. John Gray could be really good. Dane Dunning is a workhorse. Bradford, you'd like to see you 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 should be expecting him to make a leap because young pitchers don't just stay who they are. Usually they get better. Uh, and Andrew Heaney, you know, he can have good weeks. He can have bad weeks. That's kind of, that's kind of who he is. But that's, that's your five. That's who you're relying on pretty much for the first half of the year. If you don't get Montgomery, the Rangers are hoping that at some point in June or July, you're getting Max Scherzer, you're getting Jacob deGrom, you're getting Tyler Molly in some capacity. Maybe you're getting two of those guys back. Maybe you're getting all three. Maybe you're just getting one. Maybe one comes back in June. One comes back in J July. Another one comes back in August. In some capacity, 
by early to mid-June, you should be getting some production from those guys. That's the hope. But the season starts, you know, April 1st or whether it's March 31st. I forget what the exact date is. So if that's the case, you've got two, two and a half months of baseball to figure out. That's, you know, 60 games. That's a third of the season, essentially. Having to go a third of the season with question marks of your rotation, that's hard to do. That's, that, that is the biggest question mark. And so I'm bringing all this up to say, this is not me saying, hey, guys, the Rangers are going to suck. They, 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 their pitching's not good like it was last year. World Series is great, but get ready for mediocrity. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this because if the Rangers do struggle out of the gate, if they start off in their, you know, six and 10 in their first 16 games or seven and nine or whatever, or they, you know, two and six after their first two series or two and four, sorry, out of their first two series, do not panic. Don't panic. Don't get freaked out. Don't start figuring out who they're going to trade for. It's going to be okay. This should be expected. If they struggle from a record standpoint, it is to be expected. In their first 23 games of the season, they will play the Astros seven times, the Braves three times, the Rays three times, and the Cubs three times. The Cubs are the first series of the, of the season. So 16 other 23 games are against those teams. They will be doing that with a bottom tier rotation, excluding, you know, Nathan Nivaldi and, you know, maybe John Gray. But you know what? I'm not just saying this to say, do not panic. I'm saying this because we as Rangers fans and the Rangers as the team, they, they get something and we get something in terms of thinking about them that no other team gets. This is something that is exclusive to the defending champions. When your team is a defending champions, you get one thing more than any other team. And that is the benefit of the doubt. Benefit of doubt. They struggle out of the gate, they get the benefit of the doubt. And you just got to trust that they will figure it out. You got to trust that this great offense that will still be great, this great defense that will still be great, great coaching staff led by Bruce Bochy will still be great, and a bullpen that will be better than it was last year because you can't be worse. Not only do you expect, you know, the strong guys to be better, but you get Jonathan Hernandez back. You know, you got Yeri Rodriguez. You got Jake Latz. You got Kirby Yates. David Robertson. Great name. Love it. Uh, those guys will be back. The, the bullpen will be better. The rotation will be the weak spot for at least the first 60 games. The Rangers will be okay. They get the benefit of the doubt because they proved what they could do last year. Once you've proven you can do that, you just have to get in. Division titles are great, but Rangers fan, would you rather have the division title that the Astros are holding right now, or would you rather have the World Series rank? I think I, think I can answer that for you. I know which one I would have. It's the little display I've got behind me if you're watching on the YouTube. So as we get into spring training, as we get geared up for the season, tamper the expectations for the first part of the season. Don't get freaked out. Trust that it will be okay because they have the infrastructure. They have the pieces. And as far as the pitching goes, help is on the way. All right, let's bring in Alex. All right, coming back, I've got Alex here with me, uh, and we're going to be doing the full podcast together. We're going to be doing our one big headline, full Super Bowl recap, and then Alex was actually at the game for the debut of PJ Washington and Daniel Gafford as Dallas Mavericks, and so uh, we haven't, we've, Alex and, Alex and I have hardly talked about kind of what that game was like in the atmosphere because I just want, <laughs> you know raw takes and emotions about what it was like to be in the building. So we'll be definitely hitting that in the back mm -hmm. half of this podcast. But uh, before we get to any of that, we have had a bet contest that has been going on since week one of the NFL season, all the way through the playoffs. And it's done. We know yep. the results of it. Uh, the, to remind our listeners. So for the regular season, we were each picking 
just one bet. It was either a spread, an over, under, or a player prop. And we were keeping track of them. And whoever got last place for the regular season uh, was going to have to do a one-hour solo podcast. Just them and their thoughts entertaining us, the listeners. Uh, and we were tied between Rosie and Austin. They both were 8 and 10 after 18 weeks. And so we said, okay, we're going to let the playoffs decide it. Uh, and then we also decided whoever came in last place in the playoffs, they were going to have to do a 15 minute solo intro to that one hour podcast. So really it's going to be 75 minutes. And the person who got last place in the playoffs, who will be doing 15 minutes at the very beginning of that podcast, entertaining us with his thoughts in a way that only this man can is actually my yeah. guest this week. Alex, you will be entertaining our listeners for 15 minutes all by yourself. Yeah, I sort of took one for the team so the Niners would be jinxed on that one. But 15 minutes, I'll give Rosie and I's opening. Uh, do we have any idea when we're going to do it? Or is so that just TBD? To... Yeah, it's TBD. I mean, we'll do it on one of these Mondays. We'll basically just dedicate like one of these weeks to the solo podcast. Mm make a big, you know, event and spectacle of it. Uh, so we'll, we'll text we about it, it around and March, out. So I can just, just talk college basketball for 15 minutes. That's easy. All right, guys. So for today, we're going to be uh, power ranking the top 64, 16 seeds in college basketball history. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go through the history of uh, the conference tournaments. Why not? <laughs> Lay out all the reasons why Sister Jean is a menace and needs to be dealt with. How is she still alive? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's a witch. What is she? With? So 103. So you'll be doing the 15 minute solo intro and our good pal Rosie. We're going to get 60 minutes alone with his thoughts for that podcast. He got the ultimate last Woo. place punishment. So it'll be 15 minutes of Alex, 60 minutes of Rosie and Listeners, I'm sure that you share in this sentiment, but I cannot wait. I am so excited for this. I think it's going to be just peak entertainment. So wanted to update everyone on that. All right. One big headline, Alex, what you got this week? I think my one big headline this week is a moment from last week's pod when Austin announced that the uh, Mavericks were dead. We were down 12 points to the 76ers. Came back and won that game. And then the next two games, we went wire to wire. We haven't trailed since. So uh, Austin did it again. He jinxed the Mavs back into uh, maybe a contender. Like, we also made some trades, obviously. We skipped over that part. But thank you, Austin, for waking the Mavs up. Austin's ability to jinx is like un it's unlike anything I've seen. Yeah, it's he crazy. just. He has a gift. <laughs> now the maps just look like world beaters. It's crazy. Something there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a good one. My one big headline. It'll be a good segue into the Super Bowl. Uh, it's just, I'm making a proclamation here that I am never, ever doubting Patrick Mahomes again. If Did you see the odds for next year? They're plus 750. That's pretty good. I feel like you could just bet the Chiefs every year. Because if it's plus yeah, 750. I mean, or just bet them every game. I bet you will win at least 65% of your money back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm never, like, if they have a, a rough regular season, if they look like like they're not a contender, I'm not going to be yeah. fooled because they fooled me. Tom they fooled Brady me this. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's just it, it was a seamless transition. They fooled me this year. I was <laughs> off on them. I'm like, no, they're not going to win a Super Bowl, and it's okay. Like, it's hard to go back to back. Yeah. And then they said, actually, no, they we are going to win Raiders. a Super Bowl. Yeah. The Raiders kicked their butt in Arrowhead. And then yeah, it was just it was a know. weird season, but I'm I'm never doubting Mahomes again. As long as he's quarterback, they you won't you won't see me pick against them in the playoffs. I just don't think I can do that. So yeah, until further notice. Yeah. Automatic I heard bet. I heard someone make this point that which I actually I mean I've heard several people make this. It wasn't just one person, but um 
you would rather it you would rather lose picking on Mahomes than lose picking against him. And I think that I think that's where I'm at. I'm just like, yeah, if I yeah. pick them and they and they lose, fine. But I'm not going to be on the wrong side. Yeah, no I was chance. doing the same thing with Brady in the latter part of his career when I first started uh, sports betting online and stuff like that. Yeah, just ride with Brady in the playoffs. Yeah, always. I mean, it's a good strategy. And now it's Mahomes. <laughs> it's yeah. hard to go against it. All right, let's talk the Super Bowl. So Chiefs 25. 49ers 22 the NFL season is all wrapped up uh I want to I want to spend some time talking about the actual game first and then we can get into like some of the big picture things and you know all the narratives that come out of this game in a way that only the NFL can muster but obviously the big the big talking point is the Kyle Shanahan decision to take the ball in overtime 49ers win the toss with the new overtime rules, did you agree with this decision, Alec? I'm going to say yes in the context of the defense was just out on the field for the 12-play 12 12 drive that the Chiefs went on to get that field goal to make it to overtime, so they were a little gassed. And, like, I get the uh, what people are saying, like, why would you um, want to receive? Like, because you want to know what you have to do at. You want to know what you have to do when you get the ball, sort of like in college when you defer. But um, mm-hmm. just their defense was gassed, man. Like, I don't think they wanted to put them out there back-to-back on back-to-back drives. You know what I'm saying? Wow. I I did not <laughs> expect this. I like it, though. This We can have a good discourse here. Yeah, the defense was gassed, but you've got, like— and they had they had the commercial break between fourth quarter and overtime. Like they had some time to catch their breath, yeah. you know. I mean, would we also be talking about this if they just went and scored a touchdown? Because then now they know what they'd have to do when they get the ball back if the Chiefs score, you know. And yeah. if the Chiefs don't score, they win. Well, okay. I think so it's really re- just to give the defense a little bit more of a breather, honestly. But I get what you're I... saying too. It's a catch twenty-two. I want to read some quotes. This was from a piece by Lindsey Jones for The Ringer. And it was kind of all about this decision. And I mean, I, okay, so let me start by saying, I think Kyle Shanahan is a very good coach. I think most people would think he's a good coach. But after I read some of these quotes, like it was coaching malpractice, what happened. The Chiefs overtime plan worked out exactly how they had hoped. And it wasn't by accident. Kansas City safety Justin Reed told the ringer that the Chiefs had first discussed the new overtime rules as far back as training camp. Defensive lineman Chris mm-hmm. Jones told me players were prepared for what to expect if the Super Bowl Super Bowl went to overtime. We talked through this for two weeks, Jones said. How we was going to give the ball to the opponent. If they scored, we were going to go for two at the end of the game. We rehearsed it. So the Chiefs' plan was even if the Niners scored a touchdown – Chiefs were going to if go down, score a touchdown, go for yeah. two, and say we're either winning or losing right here. Okay? So that's the Chiefs. Here's the that's 49ers. The 49ers did not do the same. This is, a, this is still from Lindsey Jones' piece for the mm-hmm. Ringer. Multiple San Francisco yep. players said after the game that they were not aware that the overtime rules are different in the playoffs than they are in the regular season. And strategy discussions Yikes. over how to handle the overtime period did not occur as a team. Defensive lineman Eric Armstead said he learned the details of the postseason rule when it was shown on the Allegiant Stadium Jumbotron (laughs) during the TV timeout after regulation. Fullback Kyle Juszczyk, oh wow, I just butchered his name, Uh, Juszczyk, there you go, Mm. said he assumed the 49ers asked to receive when they won the toss because that's what you do in the regular season when a touchdown wins the game. I guess that's not the case. I don't really know the strategy Juszczyk said. Yeah pretty much polar opposites one's a champion and one's trying to be a champion how on earth <laughs> he do you not know the overtime rules yeah he just overlooked it i think right <sighs> yeah or just I, yeah it may like i just can't believe that like that's professional sports are so funny because they're these billion dollar organizations you have all these coaches all these staffers and no one thought to 
make sure they understand the overtime rules? No one? Oh, poor Kyle. You know, I saw a take <laughs> on, about Kyle today on Twitter. They're calling him the NFL's version of Lincoln Riley. He's 0-3 in the Super Bowl now. He's had a t- double-digit lead in all three games, and he's blown them in the second half. Like, Lincoln Riley did the same thing in his first college football playoff appearance than the other two he got blown out. But sort of the same thing, just college versus pros. Mm. Part of me, I, I, I wrote this down in my notes. I kind of think... Kyle Shanahan is just like 2000s Andy Reid reincarnated. And I don't know if his story is going to end the same way that Andy Reid's has. Obviously, his story is still going. But I went back and looked. Andy Reid had a five-year stretch where he lost four straight conference championship games. And then the fifth year, they lost in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, but... Kyle's also never had a quarterback as good as Donovan McNabb, though. That's his one. I mean, thing. that He's Matt Ryan season and the with his year in Atlanta. Well, I would yeah, put that up there. Though, just the OC then. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, you just mentioned that year as him being zero and three in the Super Bowl, so I mean, it, it counts, right? Okay. Yeah, pick and choose. But yeah, it's just I mean, that's not a good look for a guy who a lot of people would regard as like one of the smartest. Minds and football. Whoops! And he had a just an all-time blunder. Um, but to your point, oh, if well. they just go down and they score a touchdown, it's probably a different. It's a it's a different conversation right now. But they should also uh, do this overtime rule for in the regular season. That would agreed. be fun. Agreed. Come on, get rid of time. I, I don't like. I mean, baseball does it too with like the ghost runners and extra innings, but. Usually, I'm not a fan of the rules being different in the playoffs than they are in the regular season. Baseball, I can understand the ghost runner thing because there's 162 games and you're playing the next day. So it's like, let's not burn all of our pitchers late July. Yeah, game like, 68. <laughs> like, let's let's yeah. preserve our arms a little bit. So that I understand. But for football, yeah, give us just get rid of ties, please. Please. Um. All right, staying on the actual game. I ask you, can you remember a game that was just incredibly boring for like the first two and a half quarters, but then turned into like one of the most exciting Super Bowls, just like an instant classic? No, I don't think so. I mean, this this game was just unique. We had players blowing Achilles during commercial breaks. (laughs) Um that's poor really guy. the only thing that really happened in the first half. Like, yeah, poor guy, but well, I guess we had the Juwan Jennings pass touchdown in the first half. But other than that, yeah. sleepy first half, fun halftime show, and then it became an instant classic from there. Yeah, I, I so I, I wrote this down. It was at the two forty two mark in the third quarter. So it was almost three quarters in. There was just you know, just under three minutes left. Is that the uh the punt? That was the muffed punt. By the 49ers, yep. and then the very next play was a Chiefs touchdown to make it 13-10. And Game changer. Special teams, from, baby. I mean, Always you had the muff teams. punt, you had the blocked, blocked PAT, all the field goals. Shout out kickers. Shout out kickers, by the way. Two this broken was a, records within yeah. 90 minutes. That's yeah. Cool. Um, all right, and then kind of staying on that slow start, right, that we that we just talked through. Do you think that was more like we were just seeing like an awesome defensive performance from both teams? Or do you think it was more the offenses just were not playing up to their level and it was more like the offenses were being sloppy versus the defenses playing really well? I'd say a little bit of both for sure. On the Chiefs side, Mahomes was off, especially in the first quarter. He was just missing guys, overthrowing, sort of throwing off his back foot and stuff like that. But it was also the, uh, the 49ers front. D-line was getting to him a little bit. Creed Humphrey was uh, my guy Creed. A lot of low snaps, sort of uncharacteristic from him. Not a great game overall, but yeah, a little bit of sloppiness and a little bit of just good defense. Yeah. Especially the Chiefs, the Chiefs too. Their secondary is just lights out all game. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I think it was there was some sloppiness, but honestly, the, the defensive performances, yeah. like you... 
I'm not going to convince you, Alex, to feel bad for the 49ers, but I feel a little bad for the 49ers defense because they played their butts off and it still didn't like it it didn't matter. Like at the end of the day, it was no. still Mahomes. Mahomes is um, going to get you. But I have some stats on the Chiefs defense. So the Chiefs defense, I mean, shout out to S- Steve Spagnola. Four rings now. What a defensive mastermind. So the Chiefs defense blitzed on 51.2% of Brock Purdy's dropbacks. The 49ers, this is this is one of the things that the, the stats back up the eye test because I noticed this as I was watching it. The 49ers were 3 of 12 on third down. And... It seemed like in watching that game, every time there was a third down, Spagnola figured out a way to get a free rusher in Purdy's face immediately. And it was an incomplete pass. He had to throw it away, like just wrecked whatever plan they had on third down time and time again. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, this stat here, Kansas City had nine unblocked pressures throughout the game. All of them were on blitzes. So nine times they had a free free rusher to the quarterback. Like that's just that's scheme at that point. Like if you're disguising it that well, if you're confusing the the offense like that, just unbelievable. Um I think Spagnola, like I wanna I wanna take some time here and and kind of recognize him because everyone talks about Mahomes, everyone talks about Andy Reid, but this Chiefs team is not a dynasty yes. without him. Nope. Yeah. Uh, okay, some big picture questions for you. Speaking of dynasties, is this Chiefs uh-huh. team a dynasty f- to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah? It's, it definitely. Th- what is it, three and five now? Three and five. Yeah, I think the threshold is probably three in five years. Let's see what they do in the next five years to really cement like a long legacy type dynasty. But right now, for sure, in this five-year span, like the beginning of the 2020s, it's it's a dynasty. Yeah, I think so too. And I also did a little homework to see, okay, how many NFL dynasties have there been? And uh-huh. using kind of a similar criteria of what we're using now for the Chiefs, I just, if you had to guess, like in the Super Bowl era, so over the past 58 seasons, how many... Okay specific dynasties well, do you think we've had well we got the 2010 it like the 2010s patriots mm-hmm. the early 2000s patriots yep uh probably the, the nine the 90 oh well yeah the chiefs were given i thought but the, yeah probably the 90s cowboys a little bit yeah they had three okay so you've you've um, so far you've may- named Four of the five Four? that I was able to find. I don't Are think you'll get the fifth one. 80s, late 90s, 49ers, Jerry Rice, John, no. Joey Montana. No. So, uh, um, hint, wait, hint, hint, hint. Uh, late 70s. Basically the second half of the oh, 70s. AFC Steelers? team. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mean, mean Joe Green and all them. Yeah, so that the 1975 towel. to 1980 Pittsburgh Steelers, they won four in six years. Uh, and yeah, it was, was Terry Bradshaw, right? Mm-hmm. It was two Heck sets yeah. of back-to-back. So they went back-to-back, two years off, and then another back-to-back. So I, I would consider that a, a dynasty. Um, the 90s Cowboys won three in four years. 2002 to 2005 Pats was three and four. Uh, 2015 to 2019 pass was three and five, and then now the Chiefs at three and five. Yeah, crazy. I mean, yeah, we've seen four and six. They got, yeah. You think they'll go back to back to back? Well, four and six, like they might, maybe not win it next year, but over the next two years, not to say they're not going to get one out of two. Yeah, so that'd be four. That'd be four and seven. Then I mean, which would still be ridiculous. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Every other year, sort of like the uh, the Giants in baseball back then with Bochi. Yeah, the Bruce Bochi, world champion. How about that? The even year thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. This. I mean, I think you can't. I think you can't not say the Chiefs are a dynasty at that point. At this point, anytime you win, I think anytime no. you win three in a in a five year period, or you know, in the Steelers' case, four and six, like. You, you, you have like, you're a dynasty at that point. 
Like you get to three within a, yeah, Mahomes, a, a short period of time. Mahomes for his career is three for six. So every other year he's winning a Super Bowl. That's that's a pretty good track. I think he's on he's on good pace. <laughs> he's on good pace. Um, all right. So where is Mahomes? Because I told you we're we're talking big picture. Where is hmm. Mahomes currently on the all time list for you? Well, you want me to go first? I think two. I think you two. Think two? Dude. I think so too. Yeah, just because, I mean, three in such a quick span, like, you know, he's going to get more. He's just basically Tom Brady reincarnated. Like, what more can you say? I think, yeah, I think he's just behind Brady. I think he's ahead of Montana. I think he's yeah. ahead of, you know, the Manning's and all that. Yeah, Manning, Marino. Marino I mean, um, Marino yeah. didn't win one, but yeah, I think he's second. Yeah. Flacco, Eli, yeah, all the greats, yeah. Um, okay, Andy Reid, where where do you think he falls all time? Oh, uh, top four, and moving up quickly, I'd say. He's probably got another good six to eight years to coach too. I think he's gonna move up fast on that list. That's the crazy part about it is, I think you could go as low as four, like if you wanted to put you know, Chuck Knoll or Joe Gibbs ahead of him, or, you know, even like a Bill Walsh or something you could, but, um, or even Don Shula, but he, Reed's going to coach for what? At least another five years? Probably. Yeah. What is he? 65, I believe. Uh, let me so see. So that's only 70. Yeah. He's like 65. Pete, Pete was 72 this year. So, I think he can at least get to 72. That's seven more years. Yeah, so if, if Reed coaches another five, and let's say he gets, let's say they win two over the next five years. So, so now five. he's at yep. five rings, one behind Belichick. But here's the thing is like with Belichick, all of his success is tied to Brady. True. Andy Reed, he was a very good coach for the Eagles. He didn't win a Super Bowl, but he was, he proved that, he was a big part of the success, them, right? Yeah, he got them to a Super Bowl. That's something. Yeah. Yeah. Got like, them to, you know, Bill five straight conference with... championship games. Yeah. Um, Bill only did that with one quarterback. So I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, all right. Some Andy Reid stats for you. So he's now tied with Bill Walsh and Joe Gibbs uh, for th with three Super Bowl rings. And he trails Belichick with six and Chuck Knoll with four. Uh, his five Super Bowl appearances. Ties Tom Landry and is behind Don Shula with six and Belichick with nine. And Belichick is still the leader in total playoff wins with 31. But Andy Reid is now second all-time with 26. So he's second only all five. Second all-time. Wow. Okay. So, and he's only five behind, five behind Belichick. So he'd get that, he'd get that in two years. Yeah. So, especially with Bill maybe done coaching for well, at least next year. Who knows after that? Mm hmm So, I mean, it's like, it'll take a lot. It would take a lot for Andy Reid to surpass Belichick in a lot of people's minds. But if yeah, they, so if they have another five years of dominance. The, uh, yeah, it sort of co coincides with the uh, Mahomes-Brady uh, race. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but Reid just but has, yeah. obviously, a much, much bigger head start because he's been coaching a lot longer. Um. But yeah, man. I mean, and Andy we haven't Reed. even really talked about this. Is the Chiefs are going to get better in the off season, yeah. and that's scary. <laughs> this was the Dang worst it. supporting cast, at least on offense, that Mahomes has had. Yeah, after I sort of was uh, like done being happy about the Chiefs beating the Forty ers and them losing, I was like, "Crap, they're going to get better in the off season, and they're going to reload I mean, and be right back here." They could draft a receiver. They could go sign T. Higgins. Like, oh, jeez, they get T. Higgins. That dude's big. Just throw it up to him. Oh my god. Yeah, it's over. Like, and the defense is young, and the defense is incredible. Like the Pacheco's gonna get better. Yeah, they're gonna get I rid of Tony the... permanently. Two-time <sighs> champion, Kadarius Tony. That's like. He's going to sell that Aroles ring. Or Chapman get in a ring. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Um, like, for me, 
for me, it's easy to root for the Chiefs because my in-laws are Chiefs fans. But I'm wondering, like, yeah, I don't hate it, them. It, yeah, they're, they're, you, they're not. They're they're still likable. Mahomes is likable. Uh, Kelsey, I mean, how can you not like Andy Reid? You know what I mean? Like Belichick was so easy to root against, but Andy Reid is so easy to root for. Yeah, you know what it is too is their fans aren't that obnoxious, like on social media and just all over the place. They're they're fine. Like I don't really have an opinion on them because they're just sort of quiet, keep to themselves. Like, yeah, you don't like, have yeah, the uh, rock, you don't have but... the East Coast bias. You just got you know yeah, a nice not little just, like out in your face, like we're number one. We go, yeah. we go, yada yada yada. Like yeah. another franchise was for twenty years. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Is that um, those accents? Those accents didn't help. Boston accent. Okay. Final note on like kind of big picture stuff. Why don't? And I mean, I think I think we're probably part partly to blame for this, but why don't we like the collective, you know, sports media regularly mention Chris Jones? as like one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. I think that's a simple answer. He's just a lunch pail guy. Like he's sort of quiet off the field, sort of sticks to mm. what he knows. Like, you know, he's going to come into the building, get you probably 12 sacks over the year, something around there and just plug up the hole in the middle. Like that's his job. And that's what he's going to do year in and year out. Like he's not very flashy. He's not like a social media guy or something like that. He just does his job and goes to work. Yeah. Lunch pail guy, I think is a really good call by you. I think that we tend to do this a lot with quarterbacks, but I don't really see this being talked about in this way with other positions. And it's the guys who uh-huh. like turn it up a level in the playoffs. Like the guys who, you know, it's like the Jimmy Butlers of the world. Where regular season, you know, they're good, they're productive, you know, they you would you would say they're, you know, one of the top guys, but you wouldn't put them in the elite camp. But when the brights when the lights are the brightest and they're, you know, in these playoff games, in these Super Bowls, and they just like kick it into high gear. And like Chris Jones, he um hold on, where was it here? Let's see. Okay. Is that it? No, sorry, hold on. I got all my notes jumbled up, but Chris Jones, he oh, had, no. um, shoot, I'll have to find it. I I've got some stats on him and I, and they're all messed up, but I mean, he was just, well, he, he dominated this game. Yeah. Just, and like the most crucial moments too. Like, I think it was the overtime possession. They were down there sort of near the goal line and he had sort of a free rush on Purdy. And if he didn't have a free rush on Purdy, Ayuk was like wide open in the end zone. They would have scored a touchdown. Yes. Okay, here it is. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. In the Super Bowl, he had one QB hit, which might have been that play you're talking about. He had four other QB hurries, and he had two more pass rush wins on all of his. I would have guessed he had a sack, but that's just just how much of an impact he had. Like, I would have guessed he had a sack, but he didn't. But, yeah. I mean, he was. And, and like, I didn't write, I didn't mention it here, but he also had a couple, you know, running plays where he just swallowed up McCaffrey behind the line and just said, Nope, you're not going anywhere. Like he, it's, yep. it's job, always, man. I mean, it's, it's kind of the Aaron Donald a, thing. That's just what Go a ahead. good, uh, a good D tackle does. He just plugs up the hole, nothing super flashy. And if he can get home to the quarterback, that's just the icing on the cake right there, man. Mm-hmm. And like a, a good, defensive tackle who can actually rush the quarterback and get in his face is so valuable because obviously most of those guys are on the edge. So like the Niners have Trent Williams, Trent Williams isn't playing right guard. He's not playing left guard. Like he's playing left tackle. And so you can line up Chris Jones in his normal spot and he's never going up against Trent Williams. It's the Aaron Donald equation, right? Like that's such an advantage. One of the keys that's one of the major keys to the uh, Chiefs' success overall. Is they don't have really a star edge rusher, but they have a star D tackle, and mm-hmm. most of the star like offensive linemen are tackles on the outside. So, yeah, when they're coming at the middle, it's sort of like just that chain that breaks it. Well, and one of the best pass rushers that you can have on your team is a good secondary. If you have good cornerbacks who are not making it easy for the for the receivers to get open, then you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of coverage sacks. 
And the Chiefs are like, okay, we're going to get Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie and have one of the best cornerback duos in the league. And we're just going to get sacks that way. And you saw that work. Yeah, but, I feel like they're not even talked about that much, too, as one of the best duos in the league. Like, they're probably a top three secondary unit, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's all, I mean, but, the the duo in, for the Jets, you know, gets all the talk. But no, they're, I mean, especially Snead, he yeah, only gave up one touchdown all year. And it was, what, against the Bills yeah. in the playoffs? So, yeah, I mean, that's just the playoffs that happens. Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, all right, last thing I had on this game, and then we can talk about uh, our lovely Dallas Mavericks. The overall discourse won't reflect this, but I was impressed by Brock Purdy. I thought he played really well in this game. Yeah, I was going to say that too. The only thing, though, is he did have a couple picks dropped. There was that, mm-hmm. but overall, didn't really make a ton of mistakes, kept him in the game. One more thing I do want to add. George Kittle, what are we doing? Two receptions for four yards that's probably mm-hmm. a little bit on shanahan too but figure out how to get that guy involved come on he's a weapon use him like i don't like i've yeah. seen george Kittle play live that dude is a freaking beast and i just don't understand how you can't get that guy more involved in the super bowl come on you're supposed to be like this crazy offensive genius think of something i don't know Especially when Debo went down for a couple series and like, you know, he came back, but that he too, was yeah. obviously still hurt. Like that's, that's one of the things that I respect about the chiefs so much is they just play to their strengths. And so first half, I think Kelsey had one reception for one yard and they were basically like they were trying they weren't going to force it to him but they were trying to get him involved and you know he had that viral clip where he was you know he he almost shoved Andy Reid essentially on the sideline but <laughs> yeah that's mean he's yeah. old don't do you that you got to be careful with him scare him he, um, he was startled <laughs> <laughs> he was like it's like that uh, the clip from the office with Dwight and Angelo where he's walking Angelo's right next to him he's like oh my gosh <laughs> Yeah, um, like how he didn't react either. He just let him scream, and he's like, "All right, go over there." Yeah, let's keep coaching. But then in the second half, they're like, "No, okay, we're gonna have Kelsey touch it multiple times every drive," and shocker, it worked. Exactly. Yeah, crazy, right? Halftime adjustments. Some coaches make them, some don't. Yeah. Well, and it was like the Forty ers they weren't getting anything going on the ground with McCaffrey. I mean, I think McCaffrey averaged what, like three yards a carry or something. And they continue yeah, to just go ahead. I was going to say, like, if you look at like the box score and stuff, you'd be like, all right, he had an okay game, but it was just because they kept giving him the ball. Like he wasn't really yeah, breaking he had, what, anything. 25 like, carries or something. What was his long? Like maybe 25-ish yards or something? Yeah, let's see. I guess his long was that, was that touchdown pass, but that wasn't a rush. So he had 22 carries for 80 yards, and his long was 11 yards. Oh, jeez. But he had eight receptions for 80 yards with a long of 24. So, yeah, so that really the only explosive play was that trick play from Juwan Jennings. Mm-hmm. Other than that, yeah, he was just an average guy. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah I just, it was a weird game by the 49ers because the defense played really well, but the offense just... I mean, and, and you got a good Purdy game. Like Purdy played really well, but it's like you got you're not getting Kittle involved. Like Kittle was what'd you yeah. say? Two two receptions for four two yards. For four. Uh Debo Samuel, yes, he, he got had hurt. a lot of great blocks though. It was a great oh block. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize this. Debo Samuel, okay, so he got hurt. He was three receptions yes. for thirty three yards, but he was targeted eleven times. Yeah, Purdy did uh, he, he was overthrowing him a little bit and you know, just good yeah. defensive plays, a couple breakups. I don't know why they didn't. Why did they didn't feed it to Kittle more? I just that's it's not not that's not going to ever make sense to me. Yeah, he's so dynamic. He's so hard to tackle. Oh well, more heartbreak for them. All right, you want to talk? Should bring uh, up that as a as a Cowboys. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, you yeah. Should bring up their own. Uh, the Forty Nine ers Super Bowl drought is just as long as the Cowboys. But One the Cowboys year longer, actually. All the all the guff. Exactly, like. Sure, they've been to a couple, but at the end of the day, losing in the Super Bowl is the worst loss you're going to have as a fan, and they've had three heartbreaks. Like, sure, I guess the week before was fun, 
but the month after is definitely not. I can tell you that. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, it, the reason it, does, it doesn't get talked about is because they've been to Super Bowls, but it should be talked it's about because it's been since 19. It's been a yeah. long time. Um, it's a shame. Anything else in this game? Thoughts on the commercials? Thoughts mm. on the halftime show? Thoughts on uh, Mr. Tony uh, Romo? The show was cool. I Some people have been giving Tony Romo some, some guff and stuff. I thought he was fine. I didn't find him super annoying. Him, I just I just like him and Jim. I think they're a good team. I enjoy yeah. them. I thought I thought Romo was fine. I mean, we were we were doing like a Super Bowl party, so I people were talking, yeah. so I wasn't yeah. I wasn't locked into everything he was saying, but from what I heard, I thought he did a fine job. Commercials um, were pretty much unrem unrememorable or whatever, but uh the yeah, one the Dunkin' Donuts one was pretty good with Ben Ben Affleck and uh Matt Damon, Tom all the Brady, and Tom yeah. Brady. That yeah. one, that one was that really was good. The, also, the one where uh, everyone was impersonating Christopher Walken. That one was <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I like that one too. My big okay, so I have two complaints on the commercials. One, I don't like that uh -huh. a lot of these get released beforehand. Yeah, it, I, I've personally stayed away from that. I wanted to be like fully surprised. Yeah, and two. These movie these movie trailers, where they give you like twenty seconds, and then they say full trailer out now online. It's like, dude, no, give oh, me yeah, the full like, trailer now. I'm not gonna go pull up my phone game. during the Super Bowl. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, what the heck? I don't like that trend. It's just I I just I'm against that. But uh, overall, it was a fun game. They just want. It, yeah, it was good, but, and you got to see your, the Forty yeah. ers lose, so you're happy. Oh, yeah, another year, miserable miss for them. Always a good thing. So the Cardinals haven't won the Super Bowl in ever, right? The yeah, uh, Arizona? No, they haven't. So it's just you and the Rams in this uh, century. Uh, yeah, since since the uh, since the NFC West was the uh, made in two thousand two. Like the Seahawks used to be in the AFC, so when they made the NFC mm. West, only the Rams and Seahawks have won a Super Bowl. Okay, since the inception. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, which is, yeah. All right, That's you awesome. want to talk? Uh, you want to talk some Dallas Mavericks? Some Dallas Mavericks. Perfect. All right, before Heck we yeah, do, dude. let's tell let's tell our good friends, or let's tell our lovely listeners about oh, our yes. good friends over at Liquid IV. Um, I'm scrolling through their website right now, Woo. and there are oh, just yeah? too many flavors. Like, I just I don't know which ones to try Do next. They have like, any I've new got the flavors. Um, anything new? I'm looking to see if they've got any new releases, but let's see here. That's a good question. I mean, they've got they've got like a a, a promo right now for Valentine's Day where they're like highlighting kind of all their like most loved flavors. So let's click on that and see. We've got the apparently pear is a is a is a big favorite. The white peach, which is sugar free. I've had that one. I can speak to that. Um yeah. you, also sugar free green grape I haven't tried, but I should try that because I do like grape flavored stuff. But golden cherry, some strawberry lemonade. I mean, it's just the it goes on pina colada, if you're into that. If you you know, if you like pina coladas, then you can order liquid IV. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Uh Woo. We love Liquid IV. It hydrates you twice as fast as water alone, has three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. And you can go try Liquid IV today and get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code MTC at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code MTC at liquidiv.com. Okay. Our Dallas Mavericks yes. uh, made two yeah. big trades. Uh, I covered a lot of them. And uh, I covered a lot of them in the, yeah, the, in the kind of instant reaction podcast, but I want to get your take okay. on it. But before I do, I mentioned it at the top okay. that you were in attendance for the awesome yes. game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So just I'm going to clear out for you. What was it like? Tell me all about the atmosphere, your experience. Just Man. take it wherever you want. Vibes, folks. They're back. They're immaculate again. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so 
Starting off, I just woke up in the morning. It was raining, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do today. Super Bowl's tomorrow. I sort of want to just skip through this day. Oh, the Mavericks are home. I didn't know they were actually going to be home when they had this game scheduled. I thought for some reason they were going to be in OKC, but 2 o'clock tip-off, went ahead, got a ticket, drove up to the game, and so, Mike, I think we hit our first five threes. Not a bad start. And then about uh, five minutes into the game, they sub in uh, Daniel Gafford and P.J. Washington. The crowd gets up, standing ovation for both guys. I love the move of not starting them immediately and then bringing them both in at the same time so they get that type of recognition from the fans. Mm-hmm. And it was also sort of a recognition for Nico, too, for going and getting these guys. Like, he got some of that standing ovation was for him as well. But they come mm-hmm. in and are just immediately affecting how we play defensively, offensive rebounds, lobs. They both, their both baskets, their first baskets were lobs from, were they both from Luca or was one from Kai? I can't remember. I think they both, both were from Luca. Okay. But yeah, anyways, that's one of the reasons we brought them in. Just transition, fast breaks, oh. throwing it up, moving the ball around. Like we have five dudes now who can sort of create their own shot when they're around each other. And also Daniel Gafford on the offensive glass late in the second half, fighting for offensive rebounds. Like the crowd didn't know what to do. We were like, holy crap. We haven't seen this in like I don't know, a decade. We're getting it's like offensive we were watching, rebounds. It's like just, we were we were watching him like walk on water. Like everyone was just it's like sounded. This is what we've been missing. But just that and also the fact that I was sort of like we went to a game a couple weeks ago where we started out really hot in the first half and then mm-hmm. just completely fell apart. And I was sort of waiting for that to happen. It sort of did in the second half or the second half, the second quarter a bit. It, they cut it to six and then J-Kid took a timeout, good timeout, regrouped. And then we made a couple threes, made a couple shots and started playing some better defense. And then from there on out, just completely dominated the Oklahoma City Thunder, too who were pretty much healthy, like Gordon Hayward, he's injured anyways, so he'll be back after the All-Star break. So that wasn't that big of a loss for them, but we just dominated them from start to finish. Never trailed. One by 40, I think it was probably like 35 after garbage 35, time. yeah. No, yeah, finally, exactly. We were, yeah, and just one other thing. Tim Kirchin has this saying about when you go to a baseball game, you never know what you're going to see. When you go and watch Luka Doncic play basketball, you never know what you're going to see, man. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> that one and one where he just throws it up over his shoulder and it banks in. I was like, yep. Yeah, we're going to win. <laughs> and then he, he didn't even need to play the fourth quarter, which is awesome. Great, because he, he needed some off. rest. That and his, uh, his newborn was in the building. She won't remember it, but he will. Yeah. No, I mean, that. you could tell he played with a little more, little more of an edge. Uh, which is pretty cool. But the whole team, like there was just the energy, like I could feel it through the TV. It just seemed like everyone was just ready to yeah. jump out of the arena. Like everyone was so hyped. Yeah. Ever and... since the, uh, the trade deadline and the moves have been made, just the energy around the team seems way up. Like yeah. everybody's just playing. Well, and cause you have these two guys in Gafford and Washington, which I just pulled up the game. Um, because Me it just too. started, we're recording this. It is currently seven 44. Monday night. Um, so the game just started and you would, mm-hmm. you'll be happy to know that uh, Gafford and Washington are already in the starting lineup. So uh, that's good to see. They came off the bench for their debut and now they're both in the starting lineup. Obviously, you know, Lively is still out. So that's part of it on Gafford's in Gafford's case, but the game on Saturday was so mm. great. Basketball bliss. Yeah, that was awesome. And to think that, a few days prior, as you mentioned in your one big headline, Alex <laughs> declared the Matt or Austin declared the Mavericks. Thank you, dead. Austin. Thank you, Austin. Man, we got to We got to get Austin up. Austin, you need to come up for an a uh, Mavs game, dude. Come on. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay, so on these Mavericks, on these kind of new yes. look Dallas Mavericks, uh, I don't want to be too much of a prisoner of the moment. Because it's been one game. Okay. Of course. I'm not just talking in terms of this one game because we kind of knew, we, we, we had an idea of what to expect from Gafford and Washington. And also equally getting Grant Williams off of this basketball team. What have the trade deadline moves 
done to change your expectations for this season? Um, get to 50 wins. You got to go 20 and nine. We have the third easiest schedule according to uh, what, what is that site? It's like NBA lottery or something. Yeah. Tankathon, yeah. You have the third easiest schedule on paper. If you go 20 and nine, you get to 50 and 32. That's probably four seed in the West. So you, you get a home series first round. Like that should be the goal. Same thing as 2022, pretty much. Or 2021. Mm-hmm. No, what? Yeah, it was 22. 22 when we made like, the Western Conference Finals, yeah. After the deadline, we were sort of in the same exact situation we are right now, but we have a better roster. So that that's my goal for this team. Get to 50 wins. Hmm. I, I mean, that would be awesome. I think for me. And I think it's doable, though. Like 20 and 9 is not insane. No, no. I mean, it's no, it's certainly doable. Absolutely. Um, I think the way it's changed Especially my if expectations we can, is like, let's all knock, th- hold on. Let's all knock on wood. Stay <laughs> healthy. Yes, please. That's no the biggest more thing. Broken noses, three broken noses in a week. Jeez. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the just... biggest thing. If this team is healthy, because <laughs> it's funny. Like, I feel like, I feel like I've, I've heard today like a couple national guys actually give the Mavs some credit and be like no this team's actually like gonna be really yeah like Legler I was a podcast he was on and he was raving about you know what they did with the Thunder and about you know PJ Washington and Gafford and what Luca's been this year and he was like if the Mavs are healthy the Mavs are like a sneaky contender now in the West with these additions they made and so I was like yes yes they are Give give them some recognition because I do think they're a sneaky contender in the West. Um, yeah, I this is the this is the most complete team they've had in the Luca era. I don't think it's crazy to say that, and we still haven't Luka even seen is, it complete. Yeah, Luca is the best he's ever been. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like this, Kyrie's sort of coming into form. He had a great second half mm-hmm. in the game on Saturday, and they've done. <laughs> They've done like this, you know, novel concept where, hey, let's surround Luca and Kyrie with a bunch of athletic freaks who can jump out of the gym. And uh, crazy, right? Spoiler alert, that worked. And now we actually have some uh, center depth. Dwight Powell doesn't need to play unless we're up 40 points. That's cool. Yeah. Also, shout out Maxi. He had a great game on Saturday 12 and 12. He's been playing he's a lot, like a great a lot better of late. Yeah, he's hitting his threes again, and he's just his effort on defense is noticeable and on the boards. Like he's yeah. been sneaky, putting up good rebound numbers. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I think it's changed my expectations because before I thought this team was likely a first round exit. I mean, maybe they could make some noise, but yeah, maybe not even make it out of the play in. Yeah, but now, now I think yeah, this is a four or five seed. They're winning a playoff, and series they now. might even already, they might even already be out of the play-in discussion before the All Star break, mm-hmm. which is after Wednesday. Yeah, last game yeah. is Wednesday against the Spurs. No, absolutely. Um, so okay, on these Mavericks, let's let's move on a little bit. How refreshing is it? Because you were at this game, and and you know the the game on Saturday was a good representation of this. How refreshing is it to see the Mavs, you know, outside of Luca and Kyrie, be a team that doesn't just rely on three? Yeah, it's nice. I mean, we don't even know exactly what it's all gonna pertain here, but I think we can be sort of just a version of Lob City. Like we have so many lob options now, and just attack the paint a little bit more, which will open up threes even more too. So. It's a win-win, honestly. Yeah. It's so nice because obviously it's a three-point shooting league now, but you're going to have nights when the threes aren't falling. And so to be able to be dynamic enough to score in other ways is what separates the good teams from the great teams. Because in that game on Saturday, the Mavs had 66 points in the paint. Beautiful. 66. I love it. Yeah, it's not always fun to just be the team that always is chucking. Like, let's get down Definitely. in the 30s. 
Come on. Uh, hey, uh, one more note from the game, too. It, this yeah. is sort of just a funny note. Josh Giddy is trash. That guy <laughs> Like, they were leaving him so wide open, and it was working. He He's bad, dude. It, I don't think it, get talk, it gets talked about enough. He is a terrible shooter. And that uh, that one game was not a fluke, from what I can tell from Thunder no. fans. He's Watch. like he's, he's like bad. Draymond Green. You just don't have to you don't have to respect his shot. Okay, that, that that's a good comp. The Australian Draymond Green. I like that. Yeah. Uh, one one is problematic on the court, and one's problematic off the court. Yeah, that might be something with it too. He's just mentally broken right now. Yeah, that that could be part of it. Uh. All right, I've got one more thing on the Mavs. So we talked about kind of expectations for this season, what we want to see. You know, you mentioned you want to see them get healthy. I think one of the biggest things I want to see them figure out over these next, you know, 30 games or whatever is what's your playoff rotation? Because the Mavs are basically 10 deep. Uh, because if you just say, okay, top 10, Luca, Kyrie, and then, you know, in whatever order, Derek Jones, Jr., PJ Washington, Derek Lively, Tim Hardaway, Jr., Josh Green, Maxi Kleba, Daniel Gafford, and Dante Exum. But you don't play 10 guys in the playoffs. You play seven or eight. So let's go, let's go with like an eight man rotation. I want to see them figure out of that kind of cluster of wings of the, you know, Josh Green, Dante Exum, um, Maxi Kleba, uh, Derek Jones Jr. Like, who are the two of those four that you can trust and surround, you know, fill out the rest of the roster that way? Uh, But if I'll ask you, we can kind of, you know, project out a little bit. If the playoffs started tomorrow, what would your eight-man rotation look like? Um, all right. So I'm going. I'm going. Luca, Kai, PJ, uh, PJ, Gafford. Um, that's four. Crap. Why am I blanking? Uh, so Luca, Kai. Josh Green, there we go. PJ Gafford, Josh Green. So Green. that's your starting five. That's my so starting now- five, and then coming off the bench. We got Timmy, Lively, and Exum. Exum over Derek Jones Jr. Probably. It's tough though. I think that's I know, totally matchup dependent. Okay. Because both right, guys are can, a little I bit different. And also, why can't they just go ten? Keeps more guys fresh. Like I don't I, see why they can't extend it by two guys. Like also, I just see them doing the that hands, for the wings like that. because. Yeah, I could see them doing that for the wings because, like, think back to the Western Conference Finals run. They just, like, ran Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock on exactly. the ground. Exactly, yeah. the What it was, the, the Bang Bros were just, they were dead yeah, by the, bang bros. by May. <laughs> yeah. So if you say, no, we're going to use a, so, yeah. a little more, a little deeper rotation, and maybe we shorten it up as the playoffs progress, but we want to keep these guys fresh. I, I, I don't hate that because they're all kind of similar levels as far as skill and, and ability goes so i i would be okay with that yeah i say it's really just up to jason kidd and sort of how he feels it out and what's going on game to game you know yeah uh anything else on the mavericks um no it's just exciting to be excited about the mavericks and basketball going forward here it really is no it it really is um okay well that is going to do it for this week's episode of making the call. Uh, thank you, of course, to Alex Ooh. for joining this week. Thank you to all of our lovely uh-huh. listeners, whether you tuned in on Absolutely. YouTube, whether you tuned in on Spotify or Apple. I was out to dinner the other night. The waiter approached me and asked, do you want a box for your leftovers? And I said, no, but uh-huh. I'll wrestle you for them. I like that one. Simple. You like that one? Simple, but funny yeah yeah no but i'm more of a yeah ground a pound <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll take you on in jujitsu for those leftovers but no boxing yeah i'm not a i'm not a striker <laughs> <laughs> i'm not a striker exactly um well that's gonna do it for this week we will be back next monday uh talking about something 
we're in the off season now. We can we can really just kind of go crazy with college basketball. That... Mm, yeah, cool. let's do Better. it. Mm. Yeah, sure. I guess too too early preview. I guess something like that. Hold on, let's look at the What's let's look at the on. slate. Let's look at the slate for next Saturday. What's that look like? I mean, Do we have a good upcoming. Every Saturday from here on out, it's probably like really good. We're in the heat of it. Texas at Houston. Marquette like Duke's at gonna UConn. Be Wake Forest. Marquette at UConn. Kansas at Oklahoma. Uh, Kentucky oh, at Auburn. Gosh. Yeah. All right. There's some good games. Yeah. We can talk some college basketball. We'll we'll talk about a number of different topics next week. Uh, so make sure you tune in for that. Hey, stars. I vote stars. The Stars right. may be the best team in the Metroplex going right now. Not no the defending champions? About. Besides, obviously, well, yeah, the, but, like, they'll be in the playoffs sooner than the Rangers yeah, will yeah. just go okay. going. You know what I mean? All like, right. the ne- they're next. They're next up. All right. We might, yeah, we could do some Stars talk. I could freshen up before then. Is Trent on next week? I, he's not. I think next week might be just like this week. Might be more of you and me. Um, but we'll get okay. all that figured out. We'll get our topics and all all the stuff we want to talk about figured out. We might even do some non-sports topics. Maybe we just go back and forth and TV name draft. our favorite Breaking Bad episodes. Who knows? So Ooh, Breaking Bad draft episodes. The fly episode of one seed? No, the fly episode is like the 12 seed that just goes to the final four. It's Florida Gulf Coast. It just is. Up you don't city. expect it. It's just batting come. a thousand. Or dunks. Yeah. They're just yeah. electric for two weeks. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode. I hope everyone has a fantastic rest of the week and we will see you next time.